。你嚟对麦是看无得嘅上帝，看无得嘅超。In our Bible is invisible God and invisible hands。嗱，我要谈十篇嘅信息。And I'm going to be preaching ten messages。是背诵，这个叫做耶稣帖记。And this will be based on the book of Esther。嗱，圣经内面有六十六卷嘅册。There are 66 books in the Bible. 其中两本是用女的名，再做这个册的名。And amongst them, two of those books were named after women. 就是路德记及以苏帖记。And these are the book of Ruth and the book of Esther. 犹太人是非常重男轻女的民族。And the Jews, they、uh, they put a lot of emphasis or give a lot of importance to males over females. 但系想未到。But something that、uh, we could we didn't expect. But in the Old Testament, that the、uh, Jews put attach a lot of importance on. There are two books named after women. We see therefore that Ruth and Esther, these two women, they're very special. And the book of Ruth,、uh, we've、uh, spoken about it already in the past. So today we're going to be talking about the book of Esther. Esther will bring a very special source. And there are two very special things about the book of Esther. First, very unique because God's name does not、uh, appear throughout the whole book. There's not even a single mention of the word God. Not even the mention of prayer. Well, actually, in chapter four, Esther requested all the Jews to、uh, fast with her for three days and three nights. Fasting for the Jews, it's actually prayer. Fasting is not、uh, to、uh, reduce weight. But the author in the Bible specially took out the word of prayer. So there is no word, not the word of God, nor the word prayer. But something very amazing. If you were to read through all ten chapters, you will profoundly experience that God is in their midst. That God's invisible hands was actually there, leading everything. So I can tell you, so in the CBA message, invisible God, invisible hand. That is why the title of our series is Invisible God, Invisible Hands. God is a spirit. We cannot see him. But in our daily lives, we are able to experience that there is a God. Who leads us? Who guides us? Second thing. This book of Esther, during the book of Esther, you see that、uh, there's always a feast、uh, throughout the book. And if you were to pay attention in reading the book of Esther, there, there are ten occasions in which a feast was mentioned. You can actually use the word、uh, "feast" to、uh, divide the whole book. And in chapters one and two, that's、uh, actually King Ahasuerus' feast. This feast 
，这个王，这个王后无忌，这个新的王后立起来。And in this、uh, particular、uh, passage、uh, or、uh, these two chapters, we see that the queen was、uh, taken away, and there was a new queen that was installed. 第三度的七九 ，and then in chapters three to seven， 是王后以朝帖的宴席。It was the feast of Queen Esther。即系呢个宴席，佢将呢个派人哈曼夺走。And through the feast,、uh, he was able to、uh, take away, get rid of the enemy Haman。第八九第十九呢 ？And then in chapters、uh, eight through ten， 叫做普以列的哀言。Is the feast of、uh, Purim。这是纪念上帝奇妙的拯救。That was the、uh, recollection, recollection of God's amazing、uh, deliverance. 为什么这个 book of Esther 含在 banquet 含在 feast 的里面 ？Why is it that the book of Esther contained a lot of feast? 什么叫做 feast? What is a feast? 最简单的。Simply put， 就是吃。Feast is to eat. 吃们。Let me ask. You, is there anything more common, more ordinary than eating in this world? You eat in the morning. You eat at lunch time. And you eat at、uh, dinner time. And some people even eat、uh, snacks at three o'clock. And Cantonese, they also have like a midnight snack. And、uh, you eat all day long. This is our ordinary life. But God's invisible hand was actually leading us, guiding us in our ordinary life. So there is this、uh, word in the Bible. 无论是念，拢对荣耀你的上帝。Whether you eat or you drink,、uh, be sure to glorify your God. 在咱日常生活中间 ，and in our everyday life， 在简简单单、简普通的生活间里面 ，and in our very、uh, simple and ordinary lives， 你的生命，你需要荣耀你的上帝。Your lives need to be able to glorify God. 你去餐馆吃物件时阵 ，when you go to the restaurant to eat， 你的表现需要荣耀你的上帝。And your disposition must be able to Glorify your God. Don't you ever think that just because you have money and you're able to eat in a restaurant and you can do whatever you please, especially Christians? Not just simply because、uh, you have money、uh, that、uh, you quarrel with the waiter. And that is、uh, a very bad testimony. I used to、uh, mention、uh, a while back that、uh, if、uh, we're having a dinner together or dining together, and then、uh, you show、uh, you are very impolite to the waiter, I won't go out with you、uh, to eat the next time. Because I am ashamed. I will lose my testimony. So may God help you and help me. In 1998, when Zhu Rongji was the、uh, uh, prime minister of China, then and then there was this、uh, flooding in China. Zhu Rongji went to the、uh, site and then he discovered something. There was some somebody who actually uh, uh, that uh, the, uh, there was a corruption involved. So when the flood came,、uh, the whole dike actually fell. And Zhu Rongji said, 
你讲即系豆腐渣的工程，你是说豆腐 drag 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 project？ 即个位查咗一个名书，一个 term。And、uh, these、uh, became a term。结果当中是代表一款偷工减料嘅代志。This term became、uh, came to refer to everything、uh, every work or project that involved corruption。冇冇通冇更加考验嘅代志。That、uh, they were not able to undergo、uh, careful examination。都叫做豆腐渣工程。So they were referred to as tofu drag project。今日 ，today， 那刘师兄 ，Esther chapter one。Let's take a look at the Esther chapter one。这个豆腐渣的关系。It's actually a tofu drag project。我哋冇是禁止。权力加竞争脆弱嘅关系。The love of money and power weakens relationships. Esther chapter one 讲到两款嘅关系。Esther chapter one talks about two relationships. 一到第九节。Chapters one to nine. 讲到即个。Verses one to nine. 王甲边嘅仆人甲边嘅 servant 嘅关系。Talks about the relationship between the king and his servants. 即系主仆嘅关系。And this is the relationship between master and slave. 十九二十二节。And then in、uh, verses ten to twenty, 是这个王甲边的太太的关系 ，and talks about the relationship between the king and his wife. 这是夫妻的关系 ，and this is the relationship of husband and wife. 主仆的关系，这里讲是邻家关系 ，and、uh, the the master slave relationship can be referred to as interpersonal relationship. 包括主人甲仆人 ，and that includes master and slave. 甚至朋友中间的关系 ，and it can also refer to a relationship. Amongst friends, 夫妇的关系当然是婚姻的关系。And of course, the relationship between husband and wife that is a marriage relationship. 啊，即系 expand 咁叫做家庭嘅关系。We can even expand it to、uh, speak about a、uh, relationship in the family. 父母及家里嘅关系。And relationship between parents and children. 即系王啊。And the king. 以及人嘅关系，及太太嘅关系，及囡仔嘅关系，当中是战争软弱嘅关系。The relationship of the king with the、uh, His、uh, slaves with his、uh, wife and children—they're all very fragile relationships. Because the foundation of all of these relationships are based on power and money. This is tofu drag relationship. And this was a tofu drag relationship. No relationship that cannot undergo test. And this passage of scripture can be.、Uh, Uh, can be taken,、uh, can be seen from two aspects. The weak interpersonal relationships ruled by the love of money and power. Weak family relationships ruled by the love of money and power. Take a look at the first one. Relationships built under The love of money and power are all very weak, very fragile. Take a look at the chapter one, verse one. This is what happened during the time of Xerxes, the Xerxes who ruled over 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. Who was King Ahasuerus? He was the fourth king of the kingdom of Persia. The first king was Cyrus. He was the first king of the Medo-Persian Empire. He was the first king of the Medo-Persian Empire. He was the first king of the Medo-Persian Empire. He was the first king of the Medo-Persian Empire. He was the first king of the Medo-Persian Empire.
And this was the king that allowed the Jews to return to Jerusalem to rebuild their temple. And the second ruler was Cambyses, uh, the son of Cyrus. And the third ruler was Darius. And Darius was uh, during the time of uh, Daniel. And the fourth king is the king currently during the time. And after uh, three generations of uh, the rulership of uh, these uh, family, these kings. And Ahasuerus. Uh, Kingdom, his domain was really very huge. Uh, started from India to Kush. Look at this map. All of those uh, that is uh, shaded pink, uh, that is uh, where his uh, reign was. It was really a very, very big piece of land. Actually included Europe, Africa, and Asia. And during the third year of his reign as king, and he uh, gave a big feast. He invited all the important leaders from 127 provinces to Susa for a dinner. And behind that was a very important reason. Because uh, the, the reason was that uh, his father, uh, Darius, the first time that he fought with the Greeks, uh, he lost the battle. And if you want to run a race, you have to run, uh, there's this marathon race. That's actually uh, remembering uh, the uh, battle of his father. But then he lost. And so the son wanted to uh, take a revenge. And he wanted to prepare for a second battle with the Greeks. In 2007, there was a very famous movie. There's a father, Spartan, the 300 Spartan soldiers. And that's actually referring to this particular battle. Called all the leaders of these 127 provinces. And the purpose was that uh, he wanted them to support him. How would he be supported? He be so off. He wanted to show off. He wanted to show off his power, his money, his uh, glory. Take a look at verse 4. For a full 180 days, he displayed the vast wealth of his kingdom and the splendor and glory of his majesty. 180 days. It's like he was like having feast all day. And invited the leaders of 127 provinces to eat, to see, to see how smart how capable he was. 
perhaps. Not all 127 provinces, uh, the leaders from all of these provinces came at the same time. Maybe they came in batches by rotation. But imagine this. For somebody to be able to uh, have a feast for 180 days, that wasn't a simple task. Indeed, we can see that he was very powerful. And after the 180 days had ended, he didn't want to end it yet. He added seven more days. And who did he invite for those so seven days? Take a look at verses 5, 6, and 7. Take note of uh, the descriptions uh, within. When these days were over, the king gave a banquet lasting seven days in the enclosed garden of the king's palace for all the people from the least to the greatest who were in the citadel, citadel of Susa. The garden had hangings of white and blue linen, fastened with cords of white linen and purple material to silver rings on marble pillars. There were couches of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of porphyry, marble, mother of pearl, and other costly stones. Wine was served in goblets of gold, each one different from the other, and the royal wine was abundant, in keeping with the king's liberality. By the king's command, each guest was allowed to drink with no restrictions, for the king instructed all the wine stewards to serve each man what he wished. After 180 days, he gathered, he invited all the people in the city, in the citadel of Susa. Gathered them together in the garden of the palace. Take note that it described the uh, uh, the uh, decoration and it was really very glorious. You know what it is like? It's a bit like uh, sometimes uh, we get invited to a wedding reception. And when you enter a five star hotel, the ballroom, it would really be look like very awesome. One time I went to attend the wedding of someone at the Shangri-La in BGC. When I entered, not only me, my children, wow. We said, wow. Really, it was like uh, we felt like, wow. Later on, I uh, asked them, how much did this all cost? It's like two million. So it's really wow. It's uh, almost like that. It allowed them to see how the king, how powerful, how rich the king was. Not only so. Take note of this. You see, eat all you can, drink all you can. It was eat all you can and drink all you can. Imagine. Now imagine this. Of course, just imagine this. That the Philippine president uh, would announce something. That uh, every person in Metro Manila can uh, come to my palace in Malacca for seven days. And you can eat anything you want. 
don't uh, even imagine this. That's not possible. So she of course, that is the case. And what are these nine verses talking about? The king and his servants, all of their relationships were built upon power, money, and power, money, and authority. And such kind of relationship is most unreliable. When you are wealthy, you have friends. If you do not have money, let me ask you, will you still have friends? And all stories uh, remind us of something. For prodigal son. Prodigal son the prodigal, or rather, the pro- story of the prodigal son reminds us of something. He had a lot of friends because he was very rich. His friends ate with him and drank with him and ate and drank with him. And what does the Bible say? That uh, when he had used up, spent all of his money, all of his friends deserted him. And as a result, uh, he didn't have even food for himself. It was such a pitiful sight. Money? Money is something that's neutral. It's neither good nor bad. But please pay attention. How you spend your money determines the kind of values you have as a person. Let me ask you. Where do you spend most of your money on? In the makeup. On your makeups. In the on your clothing. In the tito. On your uh, uh, travel. travel. The uh, on your cars. Every three years you uh, change a new car. A cell phone. Or maybe your cell phones. iPhone iPhone what? Fourteen. What's it put on I'm still on iPhone 8. Chairman. Let me ask you. Where lies your values? My three children. There's something uh, very uh, unique about them. That when they were young, I taught them something. If uh, all three of you, if you're going to buy books, I'll pay for uh, all the books. 100%. 100%. Whatever you, books you buy, I'm going to pay for it. So all three children, when they enter the mall, they'll go to the bookstore to buy books. Because they don't need to pay for them, I'll be the one to pay for them. And my son loves to read. Whenever he enters a bookstore, surely he'll come out with the a few books. There are some books that are quite expensive, maybe a few thousand pesos. But I would have no second thoughts of paying for books. Whenever he reads. And in school, yeah, they had this uh, exchange program. I told him. I told them. Wherever you go, Wherever you go as an exchange student, I'll pay for all the expenses. As a result, uh, one of them went to China. One of them went to Hong Kong. And one of them went to Singapore. 
I paid for their expenses. So one time, my children asked me, uh, says, uh, pa, uh, my school, uh, we have an exchange program going to Europe. And I asked uh, him, uh, are you going? Her. Are you going? She thought about it. I said, don't, uh, don't even consider the matter of money because uh, if you want to go, I'll pay for it. And uh, the mother immediately said, that's going to be very expensive. You know why? You know why? In my values, education is more important than money. I want to spend more money on the education of my children rather than for travel. You know, all over the world, there is one country that everyone knows how to read, everyone's literate. You know which country that is? Israel. Israel is very special. For two reasons. Reason number one. Reason number one. It's uh, the mother. The mother has a responsibility. Before the child reaches 12 years old, it is the mother who teaches a child how to read the scripture. And uh, when the child reaches the age of 12, this family is going to uh, hold a ceremony for the child. And that is the son or the child of the law. Son of the law. From then on, this uh, child is going to read the Bible on his own. So the child starts uh, learning how to read the scripture even when he is young. So learning to read the scripture, he becomes literate. Second, and the Jews, uh, is, they are a people who uh, attach a lot of importance on education. You probably don't uh, understand the reason behind. Because the Jews said, We are a nation that has suffered for thousands of years. Our money was taken away from us. Our properties were confiscated from us. There is nothing that uh, we keep would be safe. There's only one thing. The knowledge in your head. No one can take that away from you. So every child needs to study. No wonder. The Jews, they are very few in numbers, but they have they made a great impact on all over the world. Uh, Nobel, Nobel Prize winners, 40% of the winners, they're actually Jews. Because they started reading, studying, even when they were still young. Money is good and power is good. But they must be used in proper places. But if you use money and power to build interpersonal relationships, I'm sorry to tell you, such kind of relationship would be very fragile, very weak. 
And that is what Zhu uh, Rongji said, and that is uh, this is a powerful drag uh, project. I uh, spoke with my community division pastors. Because these are the pastors who do outreaches. Especially they minister among the poorer uh, communities like the squatter areas, the schools, and so on. But I remind them of something. When we do such kind of work, please remember, please do not always have this concept that everything has to be given free. Invite, invite people to eat uh, or drink uh, for uh, no uh, for, for free and uh, you give them everything for free. Yes, it's right. Yes, it is right for us to help those who are in need. But if you establish or you build your relationship only on material things, it's going to be a very fragile kind of relationship. When you stop giving them money, when you stop giving them food, they will uh, tell you goodbye. And that is not the right way. Like manner, church. You need to build a different kind of relationship with people. And not simply one that is based on power and money. The second thing, which is even closer to us, and that is our family relationships. If your family relationship is built on money and power, it is also a very weak relationship. In 2015, there was this very special news in China. There was a husband who uh, wanted a divorce from his wife. And he wanted to uh, do it like uh, immediately, as, uh, the sooner the better. Well, the relationship between these two persons originally wasn't so good already. But since the, the husband wanted a divorce, the wife said, sure, let's go ahead and have a divorce. But after the divorce, she discovered something. The husband actually won the lottery. It's like five, uh, five million, five five million. Uh, Chinese uh, yen. And that is why he wanted an immediate divorce. He wanted to have the five million yen for his own. And later on, his wife found out about it. She was so furious. She went to court. And I didn't follow that uh, the case. I didn't know what happened. But think about that. The relationship is between these two people were, were built only upon money. And this is a relationship that is a tofu drag relationship. And the king and the queen, their relationship was also based on such kind of relationship. Take a look at verses 10 to 12. On the seventh day, when King Xerxes was in high spirits from wine, he commanded the seven eunuchs who served him Mehuman, Bistha, Harbona, Bigtha, Abagtha, Zethar, and Carcass. 
to bring before him Queen Vashti wearing her royal crown in order to display her beauty to the people and nobles, for she was lovely to look at. But when the attendants delivered the king's command, Queen Vashti refused to come. Then the king became furious and burnt with anger. This king wanted to show off. Initially, he showed off his, uh, his money, his wealth, and then his power. And on the last day, he wanted to show off his wife. Because he asked his wife to come out to uh, dress beautifully and uh, wear her royal crown in order for all the people to see how beautiful his wife was. But uh, something that he didn't quite expect. King the queen refused to come. And the Bible says that the king was became furious. Because uh, she, he wanted to show off how beautiful his wife was. And so uh, he actually got rid of the wife, the, the queen. Let me first... Uh, Think about this question with you. Is it right for the queen not to come out or not? I believe that uh, we all would probably have our different opinions. Surely someone would say, it is right for her not to come out. Because the king did not know how to respect his wife, respect women. Because women, they're not commodities. Why should uh, he show off his wife? Especially people who uh, are advocating women's rights. Yes. Surely they will say yes. The queen is our role model. And that is why we have to oppose and uh, reject such kind of uh, things. So surely someone would say that the queen is wrong. That the king is actually the head or the leader of a country. And he's also the head of the family. And uh, when he asks you to come out, you have to come out. If you don't come out, then you're not being submissive. Both, uh, both parties would have their reasons. That is relative truth. That is relative truth. Well, the Chinese have been saying that the husband says something and it's quite, uh, he's got reasons. The wife says something and uh, she's reasonable as well. And there is uh, this uh, thing called ethics. Uh, study of ethics in this world. And Christianity, we do have our Christian ethics also. You know what this ethics uh, is uh, studying about? It's uh, teaching people uh, what is right and what is wrong when you're faced with a situation. What is good and what is bad. What is Good and what is better. And this is the study of ethics. But there is a very important emphasis in ethics that you need to understand. Because ethics is not absolute truth. Ethics is relative truth. 
Ethics is relative truth. So different generations will have their different standards. You cannot use the culture 2,000 years ago to explain the standard that you're going to be having today. For example, having concubine. Is it right to have concubines or not? Pastor, you don't need to talk. Of course, it is wrong. Who would, uh, who would dare to say that having concubine is right? Some people have concubines and they don't want people to know about it. They are ashamed of it. But in our world today, some people are not even ashamed of it anymore. But in our heads, if uh, concubine is not right, let me ask you. Let's not, let's not talk about 2,000 years ago. What about 100 years ago? Especially the Chinese. Do they take concubines? Did your grandfather have concubines? Your great-grandfather did Or your great-great-grandfather did concubines? I can almost assure you of something. During the time, Many wealthy people during the time, they did not only have one wife, but they had a lot of concubines. They wouldn't feel that uh, it was something wrong. This was something normal during the Especially when the wife couldn't give birth. Uh, give birth to daughters. Yes, uh, because of that reason, they are allowed to take concubines. So William Ong, so William Ong 500 years ago, he actually can have a concubine. Because uh, he, had, uh, he has three daughters. No one would say that you're wrong. Because the standard was different. But in our world today, you go give it a try. If you have three daughters and then you want to take on a concubine, see what the people are going to say about you. It's different standard. Because different generation. Slavery. During the time of Paul, Paul said, Slaves, you must obey your masters. Huh? Is uh, Paul, why did Paul not oppose slavery? Why is it that Paul seems to be approving of slavery? Paul wasn't approving of slavery. During the Roman Empire, everyone had a slave in his home. That is the cultural background during that time. Paul was like a breakthrough. And Paul had a breakthrough. You must treat your slaves as if they were your brother. You know, you see what I'm trying to say? Different culture, different generations, you have different uh, way of doing things. Now, let's, take a, let's explain this from this aspect. The queen did not want to listen to obey the king. And that is why uh, there was this big problem, a great crisis that arose. 
the man felt that uh, his authority is being challenged. So the seven uh, officials are beside the king said, You have to get rid of the queen and change another queen. A, a more submissive queen, a one who listens to you. And so the queen was dethroned. Probably you might be thinking in your heart. The seven officials beside the king, they were very foolish. No. No. Look at what the Bible says. Since it was customary for the king to consult experts in matters of law and justice, he spoke with the wise men who understood the times and were closest to the king. Karshina, Shithar, Admatha, Ad- Admatha Parshis, Meres, Marcina, and Memukan, the seven nobles of Persia and Media who had special access to the king and were highest in the kingdom. Take note how the Bible describes or introduces these seven persons. Look at what the English says. Wise men who understood the time. They were wise men who understood the times. They were really very wise, very capable, intelligent. They were uh, very well versed in the law. They were not dumb or foolish. People. So we can explain it thus. According to the culture and ethical standards of that time, it was inappropriate for the queen to disobey the king's order. But in present time, in our present time ethical standards, she did not do anything wrong because the king's order was wrong in itself. The king actually uh, felt regret later on. And the Bible describes him as being in high spirits, meaning he was drunk on wine. And later on, when he uh, was sober, he felt that it was wrong. What he did was wrong. Look at verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1. Later, when King Xerxes' fury had subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what he had decreed about her. Ay-ya. And he regretted it. Why did I do that? Uh, think about something. The king asked the queen to come out. She refused. As a result, they uh, had a divorce. They had a divorce. And uh, she was no longer the queen. It was that simple. Their relationship was very fragile. Why is it that the queen wasn't allowed to explain? Oh, explain why I refuse to come out. Why is it the king did not personally go see the queen? Why didn't you want to come out? The two persons actually didn't even have any conversation or communication at all. The queen did refuse to come out because she had her reason. The queen's name was Vashti. You know what the meaning of the name Vashti is? Beautiful. Beautiful. She was uh, perhaps really very beautiful. And because she was very beautiful, and so the king wanted her to come out to show off. I'm sorry to say this. 
Beautiful uh, ladies uh, have a, uh, a weakness that you need to pay attention to. And that is pride. A person who's more beautiful, she'll have more uh, pride. And the reason is very simple. Because I'm beautiful. And others are not as beautiful as I am. And so, uh, she's got something to be proud imagine, of. Imagine, oh, imagine this. If we, uh, uh, if we vote for a Miss CBCP, and after uh, she's, uh, we, uh, she's crowned as Miss CBCP, and then Miss CBCP will come out and uh, start uh, waving her hands and saying hi to all the people. Because she's beautiful. May God help us. Where lies the failure of the king? Uh, failure of the king uh, because was, he was very hot-tempered. He felt that he was a very powerful person. That everyone has got to listen to him. Church. If your family relationship is built upon money and power, your relationship is going to be very frightening. As parents, if you try to control your children with money and with power, if you don't listen to me, I'm not going to give you money. If you don't listen to me, I'm going to spank you. Give that a try. When they were, are young, that's okay. But uh, when your children are already teenagers, give that a try. Maybe it will still work. But they will start to rebel. And when they're already adults, when they're already working, give that a try again. That if you don't listen to me, I'm going to spank you. You know, you're not going to be the one spanking him. He's going to be the one you. you. don't. I'm not going to give you money. I don't need your money. Then your relationship will be completely diminished. Because your relationship is not built on love. Rather, it is built upon money and power. And these days, social media is really very powerful. Facebook, Telegram, Instagram. Facebook, Telegram, Instagram. Every day you see a lot of things. And I discovered something. Many people Wedding anniversary, especially during their wedding anniversaries. Birthday, during their birthdays. They show a lot of very beautiful pictures. And uh, they uh, write uh, some very beautiful words. And then uh, you uh, read those uh, articles, read their posts, and you uh, you may think that they're the most. Uh, they, they loved each other the most. And of course, I'm not uh, against that. But please remember, if your marriage relationship is built upon what you post on the Facebook, to let people see, that, uh, I'm, let me tell you that your relationship is going to be very poor. You're just afraid that uh, people might not know how much you love your wife. There used to be a man. 
一特别跨到耶近处，啲教会有一特所在，恨你恨你，哇恨啊！我是个臭文狗啊 ！I see、uh, him、uh, like、uh, calling his wife honey honey everywhere in the church。总之觉得恨你恨恨恨恨恨恨啊！结果结果恨你变咗恨你。I get honey 变咗 I hate you。Listening to them, I get goosebumps, but then eventually、uh, honey became、uh, I hate you. Honey, which means I hate you. I'm not telling a joke. This is a true story. And this is not a joke. This is a true story. May God help you. Your relationship must be built upon real love and not something that is a, a show off for people to see. Lastly, let's take a look at that God's invisible hands. Take note of something very special here. Chapter one. Chapter one. There was a number. There was a number. Seven. The number seven appeared again and again. Seven. The singular means that they are one, perfect. And seven. The number seven in the Bible、uh, represents perfect. This represents God's number. It represents God's number. And isn't it that the king invited the leaders of the hundred and twenty-one provinces for the feast? And、uh, after that, it should have ended. But thanks be to God, it wasn't actually the end. Suddenly, there was another seven days of feasting. The last day, the last of the seventh day, and、uh, he asked the queen to come out. And ask the seven eunuchs to、uh, call the queen to come out. The queen didn't、uh, refuse to come out. And then the seven nobles around him、uh, spoke up. And then last, the seventh noble,、uh, the last of the seventh noble, he was the one who made the decision. And his name was Memukan. He invited seven nobles. He was the one who、uh, raised the suggestion. Take a look at、uh, what、uh, was his suggestion. Then Memukan replied in the presence of the king and the nobles, "Queen Vashti has done wrong, not only against the king but also against all the nobles and the peoples of all the provinces of King Xerxes." For the queen's conduct will become known to all the women, and so they will despise their husbands and say, "King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him, but she would not come." This very day, the Persian and the Median women of the nobility, who have heard about the queen's conduct, will respond to all the king's nobles in the same way. There will be no end of disrespect and discord. He made a decision. And he said, "This is、uh, really a crisis." Because、uh, there's going to be chaos、uh, in the whole nation. All the women will refuse to obey their husbands. And all the women, all the men will be very furious. So it's going to be end of disrespect and discord. He said, "There will be no end of disrespect and discord." And the wife will、uh, despise their husband, and the man will be very furious. There's only one way. That is to get rid of the queen. And as a result, they got rid of the queen. 
And chapter 2, there was a new queen that uh, came out that was in stone. Queen Esther. And Queen Esther. Look at this. It seems like there are a lot of coincidences. And we thought that was the end of it. Suddenly, there was another seven days that was added. It was all God's plan. And there is this uh, saying that's very beautiful. In God, there are no coincidences, only incidents. It is all part of God's plan. But we first need to resolve a very important matter. And uh, you may say that, uh, Pastor, that doesn't seem right. It seems like God's, uh, God in, in God's invisible hand was actually there to destroy the family. Right? For if this, this uh, thing did not happen, the queen would still be queen. And for the sake of uh, installing a new queen, Getting rid of the old queen. Unfair, man. That seems to be unfair. Have you thought of this question? No. No. There was a person who, uh, a cup, a cup a cup of of who was holding a cup of coffee. And while he was walking, and some, yeah, somebody bumped into him. So he spilled the coffee on the ground. And let me ask you a question. Why did this coffee uh, fell and uh, spilled on the floor? Because somebody bumped into him. No. Oh. It wasn't that. But because what he was holding in his hand was coffee. But if it wasn't coffee, say for example, it was a book. If somebody bumped into him, and what would be on the floor would be a book. It wouldn't be coffee. Church. When people bump you, what, what is it that comes out from you? You will be very furious. You might uh, even say bad words. Why did you say bad words? It's because of him. No, it wasn't because he bumped you. But because you are full of bad uh, words, Bad things, bad words inside you. When you're driving, and somebody is uh, very uh, discourteous and cut into your lane, and you roll down your window, and you gave him a dirty finger, might ask you, why did you do it? Because he cut into me. No. It's, no. Because there are a lot of filthy things within you. You know what I'm, what I'm trying to say here? Many times, our problem, our, our problem is ourselves. Others actually gave the opportunity for to uh, expose what's inside of you. It wasn't it wasn't God who destroyed the relationship between the king and the queen. Their relationship originally was already having problems. It's only because the uh, situation came about that everything got exposed. 
May God help you. You need to pay close attention to your own life. Don't you always be blaming that other people have not been treating you well? You need to self-examine yourself. May God bless you. Let's pray. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you that uh, truly you are a God who uh, works uh, mysteriously, who works uh, uh, invisibly, Lord. Father, thank you for this uh, study that uh, we are starting in the book of Esther. And from here, Father, we see that uh, you are indeed a God who uh, uh, is working in our lives even when we don't see you, Lord. And Father, thank you also this, on this uh, uh, reminder on uh, this, messages concerning, this message concerning uh, re- examining our relationships, Father, May you help us, Lord, so that our relationships with our family and even with other people, Lord, will be built uh, upon love and respect, not upon money, power, or anything else, Lord, but truly to be built upon the truth, uh, the truth of your word, and to be built upon love for one another, Lord. For uh, we are your children, and this is what you desire for us, Lord. So, Father, would you please help us? and continue to uh, teach us and guide us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.